The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney And I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD and my certification, I also hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, and my life's observations, But most importantly, because of my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Again, I say bankruptcy law, that seems like an oxymoron, but it's not. Bankruptcy law is the intersection of just about every kind of law there is that deals with asset accumulation, asset disbursement, assets being lost to uh, creditors, and maybe stopping that from happening. That's why bankruptcy law is so um, fascinating to me, and it intersects with just about every other area of the law, including criminal law. People who violate, uh, do do things uh, fraudulently or intend to um, harm uh, their uh, creditors or do things that are illegal to access money find themselves in deep doo-doo if they file for bankruptcy, because bankruptcy is supposed to be there for the honest but unfortunate debtor who finds him or herself so mired in debt that it ruins the quality of their life. But if they're honest and they come up with a, uh, if they want to reorganize and have reasonable opportunity to reorganize, if they want to liquidate and take some of their exempt assets and start afresh, that's what bankruptcy is all about. And it's also there for big businesses and for governments other than state governments, but attending uh, governments who might have gotten themselves into financial difficulty. So I find bankruptcy to be very uh, a redeeming kind of law, unlike some other law that seems to be totally punitive. So in addition to practicing bankruptcy, I also practice some related fields in my overall financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And as these areas form my focal point as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business I've, like I said, I've always been interested in money and finance as such my whole adult life, you know, almost for the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, I've been spending my time fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. 
And as I've shared with you many times before, because I grew up as a military brat and I always will be one. And not only that, I helped create another one with my former spouse who also retired from the military. I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. Where did that come from? (laughs) My dad. Uh, was in the military. In fact, I was born in a military hospital. And believe it or not, uh, after the Korean War was over, the military installation where I was born was transferred to the local community and the air, uh, the um, airport became the local city's municipal airport and the military hospital where I was born became the hospital that was owned and controlled by the county. And do you know, that is where I gave birth to my child. So there, how do you like that? So yeah, the military is all about selling and selling is all about the military. And what I learned from my dad is his expression of joining the military as a young man after he graduated from partially went to college, but he decided he wanted to be in the service is this about service. And so uh, he also helped inform me that I had a duty uh, to give back to the community and my society as a whole. And it is a reflection of my uh, duty to the creator of the universe. And, you know, especially since the creator of the universe gave me certain talents that I could use. And, you know, on top of having a great father to help steer me in the right direction, as I, uh, you know, was preparing to leave the nest, uh, I had the great fortune to know and spend a lot of time with my dad's mom and my mother's mom, uh, my maternal and paternal grandmothers, who both survived the four great economic challenges of the 21st of the 20th century, the Great Depression, World War II, and the systemic racism and misogyny that continues through and to our society today. And as these women helped raise me and always loved me and shared with me the stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South, it is out of my great love and respect for these women who are always with me in spirit, urging me on along with my late father and also in spirit, that when the situation is right, through my chosen profession now, practicing and writing about the law, I'm sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of women and seniors and the disabled who find themselves the targets of, and unfortunately more and more, victims of some of the most pernicious forms of disabled adult and elder financial abuse that you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our very greedy society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money and more probably than not these days, the lack thereof. Especially if you're a senior, an insufficient amount thereof. Uh, And we also talk about what you need uh, to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your or your families or your small businesses, health, wealth and money related well-being, as I understand these concepts in 
this non-threatening educational form. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational form for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your more detailed fact-finding mission based on your specific facts and circumstances, and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances, your assets, but especially your debt. So today I want to discuss something that is very, very troubling to me. I mean, I bring it to you each week when I talk about my focus on seniors and the disabled. But did you know that more and more seniors are finding themselves in financial distress here in the land of the free and the home of the brave and the wealthiest country in the world? And many in our society are doing nothing about it, including those that are in a position of power and have the ability to do something about it. I'm I'm referring to elected officials that are supposed to be focused on public policy that endures to the benefit of us all. You know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we live in a capital-based economy, and I'm, I'm down with that. But the requirements of living in a capital-based economy is that we as individuals are totally and absolutely responsible for funding our own retirement. Even when the economy is great, many of us lack the ability to generate the funds that the professionals believe that we need to fund uh, 10, 20, or 30 years without having additional income coming in. Do you know what the number is now? It's $1.8 million to fund a reasonable requirement because more and more of us are living and very few of us are able to fund $1.8 million. So where did I get that number from? I didn't just pull it out of thin air. I got it from a research study that was conducted by Charles Schwab. And that's a company that provides individuals with um, access to 401ks and retirement accounts and money market accounts and access to the stock market. And um, before we take our break, I just want to give you some of the uh some of its findings uh, that you need $1.8 million. And the problem is inflation eats a lot of it up. Uh, Stock market volatility is a problem. Keeping up with your monthly expenses because you don't have income coming in. Unexpected expenses, including hospitalization, trying to pay off your credit card, and you're trying to help your children and your grandchildren go to college. So when we come back, we'll hone in on a couple of areas that we as a society need to focus on to make sure that people in their golden years can live a quality life. But we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. 
back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue our discussion on today's topic, why it is that more and more seniors in America are facing the real prospect of having a not-so-nice quality of life when they retire, and more and more of them are in financial distress right now. You know, every week I tell you that the reason why I want to focus on seniors is because the wonderful seniors in my life who helped raise me. And when I initially started practicing bankruptcy, it was a small percentage of my overall practice. I think I've shared with you on on the show before at one time, you know, maybe 90% of my clients were white men who were in their uh, 40s and 50s and they were having problems with their small businesses. And I had a a few uh, women-owned businesses and I had a few seniors. Do you know that today I'm, I'm thinking back on the last couple months and I'd say 90% of my time preparing for trial or being in trial or going to hearings were for uh, my clients, if they were individuals or if they were family, were at least one of the uh, people who were having the financial distress were over 65. And when you kind of think about it, it kind of makes sense in as much as mine is a, a reclamative practice. I don't do a lot of liquidations. Most of my clients are trying to um, save their homes or save their automobiles or restructure their business. And and if you think about it, um, people who have business or who have a home, uh, they are, you know, in their late 50s and 60s. Many young people, because of the way our economy is structured, are finding it very difficult to be able to um funds they need to make that down payment and with you know in, inflation going haywire um those in charge of our government who are trying to deal with infa- inflation have over the last uh well the last couple years anyway been increasing um um the interest rates and lenders are um very choosy about who gets access to the funds to buy a home. But we have seniors who bought their homes, you know, 20, 30 years ago at moderate prices and they've gone up in value because of inflation. And so they call upon me to try to help them. And um, it it's troubling to me in as much as the Wall Street Journal just this week published a very... Um, well-written, well-researched article on September 12th and was written by um, Shannon, and I'm I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing the name, last name correctly, Namabadi, and her article is entitled, Why More Baby Boomers Are Sliding Into Homelessness. And she goes on to say that the aging of America means more people on fixed income are overwhelmed by the high cost of housing and other financial shocks. And she says this hasn't been seen since the Great Depression. 
And she hones in on um, people living in, in and I bring that to the fore because there's all kinds of strange things going on in Florida, uh, but the uh, governor there seems to want to focus on banning books and dealing with wokeness. Um, there's a substantial senior population that lives in Florida, and many of them who even own homes because of climate change and storms there, uh, the insurance industry is leaving Florida the same kind of ways leaving here um, here in California. But there's a growing number of seniors there uh, who are finding themselves homeless. And let me just read something from uh, this um, wonderfully well-written article in the Wall Street Journal. Um, she says, Judy Schroeder was living a stable retirement in her affluent Florida enclave. Then her apartment building was sold to a new owner during the pandemic and she lost her part-time job at a family-owned liquor store. What follows was a swift descent into homelessness. Faced with a rent increase of more than $500 a month, Schroeder, who had a little savings, was living month to month on Social Security. She moved out and started couch surfing with friends and acquaintances. She called hundreds of other landlords in Naples and Southwest Florida, but failed to find anything more affordable. She applied for low income, a low income housing voucher. She began eyeing her 2004 Pontiac Grand Am as a last resort. And she's quoted here as saying, Ms. Schroeder, I never thought at 71 years old that I would be in this position, she said. Uh, the art article's author goes on to say, baby boomers who transformed society in so many ways are now having a dramatic effect on homelessness. Higher numbers of elderly are living on the street or in shelter at complications and expenses for hospitals and other crisis services. She goes on to say the humanitarian problem is becoming a public policy crisis paid for by the taxpayers. Aged people across the U.S. are Homelessness in homeless in growing number, in part because the, of the supersized baby boom generation, which since the 1980s has contributed large numbers to the homeless population, is now old. But others have made elderly people increasingly vulnerable to homelessness, and the vast number of boomers are feeling the surge. Older people are making up large proportions of the shelter population percentage. This has to do with the high cost of housing. It's a major factor in all homelessness, are especially hard for seniors on Social Security who no longer are working. Low-cost assisted housing systems never built in adequate numbers to handle the large baby boom generation have been closing amid staffing shortage and financial troubles of their owners. And society's dispersal of families meant less support for older people. The second half of the baby boomers now 
mostly in their 60s, and I'm included in this group, unlike the older members of their generation, came of age during back-to-back economic downturns, permanently setting them behind in wealth. And this according to some academic researchers. Many of them worked jobs that stopped offering pensions. And we've had a show about this where, you know, it used to be that your company offered you a pension that they would, you know, accumulate out of 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 their um, uh, profits. Then it shifted to 401ks where we became responsible for selecting uh, what we're going to be investing in and, and our company sometimes would match it. So that's one of the reasons. And then those uh, of the t- trailing edge boomers, again, those are who are in their early 60s right now, who are in financially less secure are now mostly moving into retirement. The fact that we are seeing elderly homelessness is something that we have not seen since the Great Depression. This according to Dennis Colhan, who is the University of Pennsylvania a social policy professor and the researcher with expertise in homelessness and housing issues. You know what they're calling it? They're calling this new issue a silver tsunami that more and more people as they reach 65 are going to find themselves homeless. And again, it has to do with they're not prepared for retirement. They do not have that $1.8 million nest egg that Charles Schwab and company uh, did research and believes that we all need. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, most people live off their Social Security, but it just is not a sufficient amount to carry the day. So people are trying to cut back. But sometimes you can't cut back, especially if you have medical needs and you have to buy prescriptions. So I'm saying all of this to say this thing. Those of us who purport to be Christians, and I think part of that means that we care about our brothers and sisters, especially those who are in distress, emotional distress, physical distress, financial distress, we need to make sure that we only put in office people who care about these issues and are willing to do something about it. One thing we all have in common, we all are, unless we die, we're going to get old. And if the young people can't take care of us in our families, we're going to have to rely on some support for government. We need to make sure that we have people in elect who realize this situation are are willing to do what they need to do to help us survive because we are part of this society, too. So I'm going to leave it there for now. But as always, in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including the laws of finance and economics that tell us that in order for all of us to have a quality of life, we need to make sure that we're provisioning uh, things that seniors need because I'm a senior and I want to be around for a while and I'm sure you want to be around for a while and we need to make that possible. So till next time, take care. Bye for now. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to SelwynWhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.